The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. We're at South by Southwest. Uh, we held this podcast because this book is coming out. When, when is the date? April 7th for Simon & Schuster. April 7th. So but this is the week you'll see right now. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll put it up. Okay. Brian Grazer. <laughs> I, they always give me a list of all these different people that are here. Yeah. And there's always a couple ones where I'm like, oh, that, I want to talk to that. And you were one of the people. I've always wanted oh. to talk to you. You've done some really interesting things. Thank you. Um, you've had quite a career. So what made you write a book? Well, what's happened is I, every two weeks for 30 years, I've met somebody that's expert in anything other than entertainment. So science, medicine, politics, religion, sports, uh, a lot of boxers. I know a little bit about boxing. Yeah. But a lot of athletes that, um, that I'm not expert on the sport, but I've met them and I've become expert on their process. So I've done this for 30 years, every two weeks, and I just thought this is a way to kind of compress that or synthesize it and turn it into a book. So basically like things you've learned from being a curious person? <laughs> that- yes. Things that I've learned from being a curious person. And there are certain commonalities. By the way... In categories, there are commonalities, and there's also universality in the entire group of the 30 people. But um, so I, so that's what I did. I wrote a book about it initially for my kids. Yeah. So I thought I've done this now for quite a long time, and they'd probably like to know what their dad's doing other than making movies and television. And I really dedicated a lot of energy to this discipline of of these two hour, two or three hour meetings with people. So you're saving the next book. That has all the war stories. That would be book two. That would be book two. This is the book you can proudly show your kids. Yeah, this stuff. is the one the kids can the see. The next one is the one that has all the crazy all Hollywood stories. All the brutality. Stories in it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because yeah. I'm sure you've had a few moments in, that you've yeah. write nicely about in a book. Yeah, that and it, in this book, I have some failures. Um, oh. I mean, well, there's triumphs and there's failures. I've had uh, some people that have um, picked up and they've left within a couple of minutes. They just didn't, we didn't find an access point or they didn't find an access point with me and they just yeah. got up. So let's you, hope you don't do that. No, I'm not okay. going to do that. Okay. Um, you and Ron Howard have been partners forever. I mean, how many years was it? Well, over 30, 30 like 33 years, really 33 years. Yeah. And people like you guys, like in Hollywood and L.A., it's one of these places where everybody bitches about everybody and everybody, there's a backstory. To, but for whatever reason, you guys have moved into that circle of people actually have always like speak kindly of you guys, which I mean, are you aware of that? Uh, somewhat, but I'm <laughs> somewhat and I'm really I'm but I'm mostly, you know, kind of objecti- objectively grateful. It's just yeah. uh, I've tried to. You know, be honorable, not, you know, you know, it's a rough, Hollywood is a rough business. It's a rough, it's a, you know, it's a battle zone. And uh, if you can handle yourself with some decency, as Ron does, and as I, you know, do my best to do, you're rewarded with goodwill. One of the things that's amazing to me is that you guys stayed together that long. Because, that is amazing. I mean, most partnerships... If, it, if there's a, enough creativity in it, it's got a shelf life. And you see right. in Hollywood all the time, people, two guys together, and maybe they last five years or eight years or ten years. But eventually, somebody's ego, or maybe they'll get tired, or they want to prove they can do it on their own, or whatever, and it goes like this. Yeah. But you guys have always been like this, it seems like, right? Definitely, yeah. So, we, what, so what, why? We have just this weird alchemy. It's, um, I think... 
we're probably pretty, we're probably self-motivated. I know that I'm, I can't have a boss. I, anytime I've had a boss, I've been fired. So that sounds I, like me. <laughs> I don't know. No, it really does. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It like I mean, really, really does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. We're in the no boss club. I'm we're in the no boss club. I, you know, I'm a very hard worker. I've got a good work ethic. The whole thing. I just can't be motivated by people telling me what to do. Yes. Instructing me, trying to put me in a in a box. It just it doesn't produce a good result. But if I get on a subject that has, you know, is, that is has mutuality, that is mutually interesting yeah. to all parties, I can work hard and I can lead that group. I'm go- I'm a pretty good group leader, and I hold on to the vision and the intention of the vision for years and years and years and years. And some of these movies that I've produced, have, well, I mentioned to you Friday Night Lights that took 13 years to make, based on the book Friday Night Lights that Buzz Bissinger wrote. And actually, Alan Pakula, who directed All the President's Men, yep. wanted me to produce this. I was a young but uh, fairly successful producer, and he said, I really would like you to produce this, and I'll direct it. And sadly, he died um, uh, very, very unexpectedly on the East Coast. He d- drove into a truck that uh, killed him. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so... Um, so this is like the early 1990s, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was left with the book. I love the book because for me, what happened is, in high school, I was played high school football and in, front of, in an auditorium of 300 kids. The, co- the coach reached out and asked all of us to be accountable. Like, in other words, say your status. And I said, he said, Grazer, tailback. He said, Incorrect. I said, incorrect. He said, cut. And so I was cut in front of 300 kids, which was really emotionally devastating to me. Yeah. And I uh, held on to that memory. And when I read this book, Friday Night Lights, which is about three subjects, it's about high school football in a very small town, Odessa, Texas. But it's also about how a boy's identity is formed. And I thought I can relate to how a boy's identity is formed by, you know, what could be a slight incident becomes seismic in their life. Yeah. And that became Friday Night Lights. Produced that movie, and then we turned it into a series that went on for five years. And was kind of ahead of its time. I feel like if that, whole, if that comes now, it's yeah. such a bigger success I by know. how the ratings things are and Netflix, and it would have been so much easier to catch up. And yeah. If you what, missed season one, you just could have binge-watched it before the DVDs. Yes, because it's a binge-watching yeah. show. In fact, kids, of course, you know, like they get these DVDs or they can get it now on Hulu or something, and they can just binge-watch it. But that is the best way to actually watch Friday Night Lights. I actually, I, I owe you 30 bucks. So I'll pay you What'd after you the thing. Well, I, I ended up, I missed the boat with Ooh. when it was on. And then I didn't want to get in midway. So you ripped somebody. No, I, I might have. I Maybe. might have bought Japanese DVDs on eBay. <laughs> you might have. So I watched. I That's watched. Um, I might have watched the entire season one with Japanese subtitles on the bottom oh, of just each a, screen of every episode, oh and I didn't God. care because it was great. Oh, that's cool. Good. Thanks. Yeah, I was, watched it because when I was about to jump in, everybody was saying it was going to get canceled. Did you canceled. learn Japanese? I, le- I think I did, subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. But when I jumped in, it was like, or when I wanted to jump in, it was halfway through, everyone was saying it was going to get canceled. Right. Oh, it's not going to last. I'm like, I'm not getting involved in a show that's going to... And then it got picked up, and I was like, oh, I got to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd seen the movie, and I knew, uh, I yeah. knew Pete, obviously. But um, wait, but back to Ron Howard, though, for Ron a second. Ron Howard, let's do that, yes. Um, so why does that work? Well, but it's, like, it's a classic, like, 
he's the quote-unquote, or we, at least when you formed it, yeah. he was the quote-unquote famous person, and yeah. you were the guy with him, and you leveraged his brand to try to get... But then at some point, you guys just became really good at stuff. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. I mean, he is very... Uh, we have completely different neurology. I mean, there couldn't be two people that have different, more different neurology. Um, I'm pretty hyped up. I, I like manufacturing ideas of yep. all type. And he is very good at ex calmly executing ideas. So I was manufacturing ideas when I met him, having had produced a couple of movies for TV that did well. And then we had this meeting, and I had no idea he could be a great director. He, there was no evidence he could be a great director. But he had this sort of glow or this aura about him when I met him. And I thought, this is a really good human being. And we should mention, like, for, I mean, nobody under 35 would know this, but there's this whole other generation where he's oh, yeah. Opie and he's Richie Cunningham. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're Opie and Richie Cunningham. You're not a director. Exactly. What are you doing? It's a really good point. Stop it. Go back to being <laughs> Richie Cunningham. Exactly. He was, in that the time that I met him, he was Richie Cunningham on the Biggest hit show on television. Happy Days happy was Day. huge. It huge. was there is no show you could even compare to it now that right. was like Happy Days. And he would get mobbed in New York or any airport. He was mobbed. It's Fonzie really did, but so did Ron Howard. Nobody Richie understands. Lane. It's impossible to explain that Henry Winkler was the coolest person in the world for like three years. <laughs> Nobody understands it or gets it. But he's like, no, he really was. He just he put really on a leather jacket and went like this. Yeah, and he had and a he little was accent. Cool. And a we're little all Italian in. Accent. We're all in on the Fonz. I know. But he definitely w isn't the Fonz. <laughs> right, no, he's not. He, that was a good acting job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ron Howard was this super, super wholesome guy, kind of a squarehead to Fonzie, and this wholesome kid. And we met while he was Happy Days, and he said, I want to direct a movie, feature movie. And I, thought, I said, I want to be a feature movie producer. So we were sort of two guys, two unemployed guys that hired each other yeah. to go forward. But he was a huge American icon, and I wasn't famous in any way at all, and I didn't have this hair to differentiate me. Um, it was just sort of a flat kind of Beach Boys look, and um, I later changed it, as you can see right now. Well, wait, say what the movie was. Night Shift. One of my favorites. Really? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, I, I bet was you've been so... on a line, a couple of lines. No, I'm not going to do okay, that Don't do you. that. Okay. No. But um, people do have lines. It was super famous. Yeah. I was so in on Michael Keaton. Yeah. Because then he was also going on Letterman, and he was one of Letterman's best guests. But I've been in, I've been in on Michael Keaton since the moment he was Billy Blaze Jasky. Wow. That was, I mean, I was, what, like a 12 or 13? Yeah, that's probably right. It was one of the... I probably shouldn't have been allowed to see that movie. I think I might have snuck in. It's an R-rated movie. Though. Yeah, I think nudity. I snuck in. Yeah, yeah, you probably... Yeah, and Kevin Costner's in it, which you guys should redo the DVD and the Blu-ray and be like, starring Michael Keaton, Kevin Costner. I know. Just recently, Kevin Costner had a retrospective uh, done for him for uh, like the Producers Guild Awards, and he he actually has the credit goes up. The screen comes up, and it says Kevin Costner in Night Shift. He didn't speak, but he was in Night Shift. It, well, he's in a great scene. They're having a bachelor party in in the funeral home. And Costner is like the head of the bachelor party, and they're wheeling yeah. like something. And Costner's like, "Yeah,", yeah and he it's was like, a party hey, that's guy. Kevin Costner." Exactly, it's Kevin Costner. He's doing that. Keaton, is it true that he almost got um, replaced during that movie, or the studio wanted him to get replaced? Yeah, there is some truth. Ron Howard was terrified he was going to get fired because he let Michael Keaton chew gum in scenes, couldn't get the gum out of his mouth, so he was delivering dialogue with gum in his mouth. The right. studio just didn't like Warner Brothers, nobody liked that. And it just seemed sloppy, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, 
but he was brilliant, and I just didn't want to. I mean, I think I think part of the Ron Howard attraction to me was that I wouldn't let him get fired. I wouldn't let Michael Keaton or he get fired. I just, well, I, for people who don't know, Night Shift is a movie about two guys who work in a morgue who decide to become pimps. Exactly. Fine. And it's actually realistic as you're watching. You're like, totally oh, this realistic. makes sense. I can totally <laughs> see this career decision. Exactly. And it's the best Shelley Long performance. She, like, Shelley Long had a nice little run because she was unbelievable on Cheers. Yeah. And she's really good in that movie. Yeah. And it was like just kind of caught her at the perfect time. Yeah. Keaton, you caught at the perfect time. Like you yeah. got to get lucky with some of this stuff. But it's, yeah. I think that movie still holds up. Oh, thanks, It's on cable thanks. every once in a while. Yeah, it is. Good so music, then what happens? Good soundtrack. So that movie does well. So Keaton becomes a star. And it, yeah, the, the movie does well. Keaton becomes a star. Everybody else pretty much does well, pretty much does well too. And I, the movie I really wanted to make was Splash. Yep. The a comedy about a man falling in love with a mermaid, which was kind of based on me in Los Angeles, because I wrote the first couple drafts of it. Like, how will I actually find a girl in LA that would be cool and would like me? And I thought, it seems impossible. So I, and it turns out it's probably fairly impossible. It was fairly yeah, impossible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, for everybody. Yeah, LA is a complicated impossible. place. Yeah, I mean, you could find girls, but they're not going to be the girls right. you're going to want to hang with for a long time. Yes. So I was finding those, uh, yep. and those girls were actually in the movie Night Shift. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the bachelor party scene. They were in the bachelor party scenes. They were the they were the hookers in the morgue, actually. Right. But um, so they were more easy to find in in West Los Angeles. So in any event, uh, so I I said, Ron, I really want you to do this movie Splash. We did so well on Night Shift. You've got to do this. Got to do this. And now he's become kind of really hot, Ron Howard. Yeah. And I had to talk him into it. And in fact. He first says yes, and then he ducks me and says no. And I call his house over and over and over again repeatedly. His wife, Cheryl, answers the phone and says, Ronnie's sick right now. I go, he's not sick. I just saw him yesterday. I know he's not sick. Yeah. Horrible fever, 103. Yeah. I go, this is just not true. I know he's not sick. So, but I was really persistent. I lobbied Cheryl. I lobbied Ron. I called Ron's dad. I called his brother Clint. I just did it all. Finally, looped, you know, got him into it, and we made it at Disney. And uh, Disney at the time was not a successful company at all. Right. That was Eisner's there at that, that point, was, right? No, it was pre-Eisner. Oh, no. Pre-Eisner. Pre-Eisner. It was Walt Disney's son-in-law. Oh, that always goes well. There was running, running. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the son-in-law. This happens in sports all the time. It's like, yeah, the son-in-law is going to run things. Like, oh boy, hold on yes, to your seats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're exactly. They're they're now owning the team. Right? Yeah, uh, picking the coach, head yeah. coaches. Yeah, yeah. So that's what was happening at Disney. A version of what you just said. And but I'd convinced him to uh, make the movie. But wasn't like there's weird casting stuff and like I, the the mermaid they. What happened is I convinced Ron Howard, I convinced the studio, I got everybody like, go, go, go. Then the studio decides they're going to actually read the script, and they realize that the mermaid is going to be naked. And that's just like a thing you're not doing. Disney Disney. wasn't a big fan of that. So I go to Ron Miller, who's the chairman, the son-in-law, and I say, look, man, she's going to wear a body stocking. She has to appear to be naked. I mean, mermaids don't wear clothes. I mean, it's just going to break the entire reality yeah, of what this is. It's going to be It's going to be problematic. You're, and um, he says, look, if you can convince the board of directors of Disney to give you the thumbs up okay, I'm cool with it. So I literally went and I lobbied the board who was, and the board of Disney was run by a man named Card Walker, a very 
pretty, as you, you would guess, Card Walker is a pretty staunchy, straight-ahead guy. Yeah. I just said, you're not going to see the nipples. It's going to be impossible. I'm going to have a body stocking. You're only going to see the back of her. Blah, blah, blah. And I somehow convinced, rope-a-doped them all into She's going to have it. blonde hair that goes over her boobs. Yeah, but when she's swimming, the, the hair yeah. is still going to somehow miraculously good, stay over the boobs. Yeah, good memory. Exactly. Yeah. That's how she swam, like that. Exactly. Was Tom Hanks always the person? No, no, no. There are so many other possibilities that preceded Hanks. Hanks was not a star or anybody, but... He was a star to me. From Bosom Buddies. Of course. Wow. Iconic show. And he was, But he was also Michael J. Fox's drunk uncle on Family Ties. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Actually. Yeah, he, had the, he was Uncle really? Ned. Two-part oh. two part wow. storyline. I learned a valuable lesson about alcoholism. Which was? That was during the era of every show had a special yeah. lesson and something, yeah. and you had to learn stuff. Oh, yeah. I learned from Tom Hanks that I, I shouldn't steal liquor from my brother's cabinet and drink it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So then you, you stumbled so into it. you're grateful him. to Tom Hanks. Very much yeah. so. I love Tom Hanks. So then we, once we couldn't get any stars uh, that would be appropriate, we had some stars that were completely inappropriate uh, that said they would do it. Like who? Dudley Moore. Oh, no. Didn't make any sense. Yeah, that's... Uh, All right. And then we had, actually, I thought I almost had... There was a time where I thought I was going to get Burt Reynolds. That's how far that dated back. I wow. I Burt Reynolds. But he was still a massive... Even Dudley Moore was pretty... He had yeah, just he had was, Arthur. He had all that. But he just yeah. was so... You know, it wasn't right. Yeah, it wasn't right for it. So once I couldn't get an appropriate star, then I just started reading who I thought would be good at it, who would actually just... Their acting would be convincing, and they would produce the emotion that I want to have. Yeah. And so I read Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks was great. I hired him. So you could, you really could, the book should have just been called, I Hired Michael Keaton and Tom Hanks. Because <laughs> it's basically what happened, right? Well, so two of the yeah, five most important careers. And Kevin Costner, you get credit Coster. for that. Yeah, have those. You launched everyone's career. This is great. John Candy. John Candy. John Candy was really the guy that blew up and got paid the most yeah. on Splash. Because he was just this irreverent, bigger-than-life character. 6'4", funny, you know. So that movie does really well. At what point do you and Ron Howard say, let's hey, be partners. let's be partners and we'll get them to pay us and then, but we'll own everything with the movie and we'll just make a lot of money. Okay, so <laughs> that happened almost immediately. Well, immediately Ron Howard thought, this is great. Brian, let's you and I be partners and create a company. But I was dissed so badly by Disney um, at the time. I love now Disney now. I love it. My best friend Bob Iger is the CEO of Walt Disney, and I really. He's a, but it was a different, different company. Uh, but they, um, you know, they would, you know, they invited Ron Howard to go to the Dobell Film Festival. They wouldn't invite me, and I wrote it, and I just felt like I can't be partners with someone that's that famous. Yeah. Where I could... Where You're I could that be. marginalized. And I'm that... Thank you. And I'm that marginalized. Thank you. But now the son-in-law who ran Disney, now you can taunt him when he's serving you a Starbucks. <laughs> he's making you a latte. You're like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> there was a guy that actually replaced him that was the one that actually did the dissing. And uh, I, I did uh, do a version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you formed the company. So then well, I said no. And then you, you guys have a really good batting average. We have a really good batting average, yeah. So I, they we, don't have advanced metrics for movie producers, but I think you guys would do well. Yeah. You would have a high PER. We'd have a high BIP. <laughs> all those stats. <laughs> We'd have good stats. So, so then we did become partners. Yeah. And it became so from mid-80s on. Mid-80s on, beginning with, you know, essentially beginning with parenthood. 
and uh, I did kindergarten. We did kindergarten cop. You're still getting parent. paid on Parenthood somehow. We're still getting paid on Parenthood. Unbelievable. We just did 100 episodes of the Parenthood TV series. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, had, it's taken on different uh, forms. On different but when levels. everything's going well, though, yeah. at some point, yeah. you, get, you get the irrational confidence going and you make some sort of project mm-hmm. that you talk yourselves into because we're red hot. We can do anything. Oh, yeah, of course. So what was that project? Uh, for me, it was Crybaby. Crybaby starring Johnny Depp. What, um, Johnny Depp, you could say you discovered him too, kind I of, did, sort of. Well, I did discover him. Yeah. He was only doing TV. 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, exactly. And, but I, everybody was attracted, attracted to him, as was I. I just thought the guy's really sexy, he's explosive, he'd be great for this. John Waters was the director. Yeah. And I thought the movie was going to be, well, I thought it would either be Grease or a flop, which it was. But you do, and then get, the Tracy Lords part of it became Tracy, part of the thing yeah. everyone remembered for. The oh, Tracy they hired Lords, Tracy Lords, the, yeah, the the teenage porn yeah. star. She yeah. was in it. We had Patty Hearst in it. We had Iggy Pop in it. Uh, we had a whole group of interesting. But that wasn't like a big budget gamble by you. No, it was guys, a little though. small budget. Yeah. So what was the first big budget one that you big budget might have whiffed on? Yeah, I didn't start. I didn't whiff on many big budget films uh, until more recently. <laughs> <laughs> but early on, I didn't that because I I made a lot of I produced a lot of comedies. Yeah, that worked with stars. You know, give us some examples for people. Uh, who don't liar, know. liar! I produced with Jim Carrey. Yeah. I produced uh, Doctor Seuss's The Grinch Soldier Christmas with Jim Carrey. I produced a uh, uh, couple of Eddie Murphy, well, several Eddie Murphy films, including The Nutty Professor One and Two. I produced Boomerang. Uh, I love Boomerang. Yeah, all the cool. And Nutty kids, Professor printed money. Yeah. Boomerang, I talked to about, yeah. David Allen Greer is friends with one of my friends, and we run into each other once in a while. And Do I would say, like, well, the Boomerang, it was just an unbelievable group of women in that movie. Yes. It's like almost like the, the 92 basketball dream team of, of, <laughs> of cast girls. from that era. It's, like, it's outrageous. And it's Eddie, was, that was the last time he was really Eddie in a movie, I feel like. Yeah. After that, he became kids' movie Eddie. Yeah. You know? Very but true. it was like, he's good in Boomerang. Yeah, he was good. And, and literally, the... There's a part of Empire that's kind of born out of h- how people looked in Boomerang. Yeah. For me, the stylistic component that existed in Boomerang, where you know African Americans were allowed to be glamorous and wear glamorous clothing, cool mustard overcoats, and super yeah. cool stuff. We get to do that in Empire, which I think is a factor. We, you know, it's. I didn't know this. Empire is under you guys. That's me. Oh well. There's other people, but I'm... Hold on. Too. We got to hose him down. Okay, do you want my, gla- you want my water? But Empire, Empire is the hottest, hottest show at Grantland in the office that people talk about. People, wow. Well, you, th- you must have noticed the ratings went up every time for nine straight episodes. Well, I've noticed that... No, I know that, but when you said the hottest in Grant for Grantland... Oh, yeah. But as I say... He it, just yells at people like, How are you not watching Empire? Yeah. How are you not watching? I don't understand. Do you Hello. like TV? Do you yeah. own a TV? That kid, Yaz, is amazing. He wrote a piece of, on him, on Hakeem. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And Lucius is... Uh, you know, he was, you know, for Lee Daniels, he was one person. And for me, he was another person. I produced a documentary, uh, a concert that became a documentary with Jay-Z. And I thought, gee, this is like what Jay-Z's life is kind of, you know, it's a version of that. Or Quincy Jones. I know if had he decided to really become a corporation, you know, Lucius is a, is, you know, a version of Quincy Jones or what Quincy Jones could be. I have nine of them on my DVR and it drives him crazy. Really? Because I'm like, I'm just... I'm saving it. It's like a bottle. Like somebody gives you a great bottle of wine at a party, yeah. and you're yeah. like, 
I'm going to put this one over here. So I know, <laughs> I like, at it. some point when I'm on the road for hoops I'm j- or whatever, I'm just going to plow through them. Not in, with Japanese subtitles, though. I'm actually no, going to go real on it. Yeah, I don't. That, that kind of scarred me a little bit. But Empire is <laughs> like, this might be the biggest. What was the biggest TV hit you had before 24 this? was the biggest TV hit, oh, well, which was huge. Yeah, I guess 20, you're not going to top 24. Well, you might get in the ballpark. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you might, right now, in terms of like having an effect on the culture, I think 24 and Empire are pretty volcanic. But, but 24 of, didn't start big, but this started, as, you, this as, you, started as you're big. pointing out, this became, it's just blew up and like, it's, it's really exciting to us. And, and Arrested and Development was the most street cred? I guess so. That's more kid street cred for sure. Yeah, I, I love Arrested Development, but it never it was never a huge money. Never maker. a huge thing. No, but Empire, people Empire. are loyal to it, and I'm, we're going to do another seventeen episodes. So stay tuned for Arrested Development. Empire, I think I think you might finally turn out okay. <laughs> I think you I, might finally make enough money to buy that house you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> this will be out for ten years. Uh, I hope so. I love it too. I'm so glad that you lit up over that because I, just, I was I was so like, thrilled. you got to be kidding me! Really? That's the hottest show right now. It is. It's it, every single. I mean, not in 23 years, I guess, has a show ever gone up week after week for. I think it was five weeks, and now we've gone up for nine weeks straight. I mean, what an amazing thing that that black people watch TV, and we weren't we, and for whatever reason, nobody was producing shows that might resonate with that culture, and then expand outside the culture and become like. Why weren't networks trying to do this? Why wasn't this a priority? I don't understand. Uh, that's I don't know. Well, I do know. I mean, they the networks, you know, operate, you know, by and large on previous paradigms. And so I don't think they felt there was that much elasticity in that in this audience. And but Shonda Rhimes was like an entire Thursday night yeah, on well, ABC. She, At yeah. that point they should have realized that. Yeah. It. Well she she's Shonda Rhimes a genius. She kills it. But I think I think with ours it has it's different than hers of course, but it it has this the scandal and and our show have the soapy qualities about them right. that keep you really wondering what's going to happen next week that heighten your state of curiosity as you're saying and it just you know, what's going to happen what's going to and we always every week try to have three sequences that blow your mind like did they just do that yeah did she just take her clothes off and get into bed with him yeah you know so there's there is that component that has some similarity we of course sing on our show and that's really working well like this this album that just dropped is really big right now oh you're going to get you're going to get album stuff, too, we out of this? We have an album that just dropped. It blew You're definitely going to buy that house. I can feel it. I think I can get that house. Maybe even a condo or something yeah, in New big. York or something. <laughs> what uh, what movie are you most proud of, of all the ones you guys did? Probably. Yeah, it's a big one. I like a Beautiful, a Beautiful Mind I'm the most proud of, and I was the most surprised in the best way with 8 Mile because there were rap wow. movies that preceded yeah. 8 Mile, and but it people really didn't believe they could do what it did and it and I it was did, one of those people that didn't believe it that I was like Eminem's no gonna way. act and Britney yeah. Murphy's gonna be in this what yeah. this sounds like a disaster yeah and it was really good thank you thanks. I liked him wow. I actually thanks. am mad at Eminem that he decided just not to act anymore just stop be Elvis yeah yeah but he I, I think he could have done a couple projects that would have been cool yeah I'm still trying I would I, I think he was tremendous to work with I mean his work ethic is off the chart right and is not uh, is very respectful of the process I mean he 
reached my heart on so many levels. I mean, certainly artistically, but just his dedication and his commitment to be good at it, um, you know, to be the best that somebody could be was... You I worked with her. Cruz, right? Cruz is like that too, right? I worked with Cruz and I'm working with him again right now on a, on a gangster movie, a, dr- a true story about a drug trafficker named Barry Seal. Oh, it's a great character. These guys make fun of me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I've been on Cruz's corner for thirty plus years. Yeah, he's gonna kill. I it. even made everyone go see Jack Reacher with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm in on all Cruz movies. Wow, cool. I love You're, Cruz. Cruz had a great career. He, he, he people did. always try to get rid of people after a certain yeah. time, and it's like Cruz is really good. He's yeah. still, I still enjoy him. I love him. He's a force. He's a yeah. force. And I did work with him on Far and Away like twenty years ago. He's a tremendous leader. Like there was an expensive movie, and I remember, I just thought. Somebody has to set the tone, and I said to Cruz, "Will you be the like essentially? Will you be the team leader and make this, you know, be the role model that makes this thing go well?" And he goes, "I'll totally take care of it, man." And he like sprinted back and forth the trailer. He he set the tone, and the movie came in on budget. And he he's great. One of the things I love about Cruz is he always tries to learn stuff for movies. Yes, he does. And if it's like he's in cocktail, he's going to really learn how to bartend <laughs> and juggle bottles. Yeah, he does, exactly. So in Far and Away, he had to like be a boxer. And you could yes. tell Cruz like, took classes and was oh, learning how to box. And you're 100% right. Faint, but he always throws himself in. He's a race car driver. He's got to race the cars. Yeah. If he's playing pool, yeah. he's going to become he's really sh- good at pool. Yeah. 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 He's in, in this movie uh, about this drug trafficker, Barry Seal, that he plays... Uh, he is going to do all the piloting because the of guy course pilot- he is because he's Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise and he's a pilot, but he's going to pilot every single thing. And it was like low tech jets and stuff. He's just insisting. He knows he's competent. He's convinced everyone he can do it. That's why and you couldn't have him in Apollo thirteen. <laughs> but no, I'm going to be an astronaut. I learned. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm to, going to the space. Moon. He yeah. would have been the guy that made I the moon. I got to do this. It's for the part. Yeah, exactly. You're 100 percent right. So what else do you have coming up? Or are you just so, Empire now? You can just go live on. Well, I'm did you actually it. buy Hawaii? Like, what? Are, what are, <laughs> how does this work? It's not even like buy a beach. You can buy states now. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're hooked on it. That it's your anthem here. Like, I'm not hooked on it yet. Adrenaline. I'm prematurely hooked because, uh, like, look how happy he is. Have you ever seen team. anyone this happy? They're glowing. Glowing. Yeah. It's all, they all love it. Yeah. So, so you got that? Any movies coming up? Anything? Um, I have other movies coming up. I have actually a movie, a couple interesting ones. A smaller movie that literally just focuses on the subculture of lowriders. You know, like oh. Saturday Night Fever. The, it's, it's focused on a closed world. Um, like, one you of know, my favorite movies. Uh, Saturday Night Fever. And then yeah. we started, in 8 Mile, we sort of took a version of that because we thought we ha- the stakes have to live inside a closed world. Yeah. So, um, so doing that one, I'm also doing another uh, Dan Brown, like Da Vinci Code movie. It's called Inferno, which is his fourth book, but it's a third movie. And Ron Howard is directing it now in Western Europe and in Istanbul. And it's called Inferno that Ron's directing. Tom Hanks is the star with Felicity Jones, who's hot and good. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that's going to be a great movie. Give me a movie from the last 10 years that you wish you, had, you guys had done, that you were jealous well, I of. I love American Sniper because it's a kind of movie that I have the taste for, I have the interest in, and it's not out of my skill set. I wish I, that was amazing. In the box office was pretty box good too. Was really good. Cooper maybe, was maybe great just in. like Empire. What <laughs> actor um, have you not worked with yet that it frustrates you that you haven't worked with somebody? Um, let me think about that. First, I'd love to work with Denzel again for the third time. I've done th- two movies with him: American Which ones? Gangster, American oh, Gangster, yeah, yeah. and Inside Man. 
But who have I not? I loved worked? Inside Man. Did you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. You're Spike's hit or miss, but that was yeah, one of the ones where Spike hit. Him. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like 25th Hour, I think, is my favorite Spike movie, but I thought Inside yeah. Man was really good. I'd too. love to work with Je- uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I'd really like, she's, I think, I like how brave she is. I mean, we beyond being charismatic, she's really brave and a, 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 totally unpretentious. Did you go to the Producers Guild's Awards this year? I did. Uh, I was in the Producers Guild, but I wasn't there in attendance. Because we went this year because we got nominated for 30, 30 And she oh, presented wow. to... Um, oh, that's nice. She presented to somebody. And uh, she owned the room. Did Everybody she? was in love with her. And she's one of those rare people that... Women are also okay with her. Like, yes. they're not threatened by her. Like, they right. actually really like her, too. Yeah. And men obviously like her, and she just kind of owned the room. And it was like, this woman should run for president. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> she'd win. President. Nobody's yeah. not voting for Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. I think because she doesn't... I think women like her because she doesn't play a game. She's yep. not playing a game with the audience. She's not... She's, she's just so present and so real and has whatever foibles she has. She lives with them, and she happens to be... Attractive, and she pulls that off in a way uh, completely unpretentiously. Was there anybody you worked with that you you think, or uh, that you didn't work with, anyone that I, you should have worked with, that you wish you were like, man, I wish they had taken that part. It would have been so good for them, uh, or it would have like, been so good for me. Yes, I produced. Well, I mean, it's going to take this. I produced. I wrote. I wrote and produced a movie with Her- the late Harold Ramis, who did yeah. wrote Ghostbusters, Stripes, Animal House. He and I sat in a room, wrote a script called uh, called Armed and Dangerous. We wrote it for uh, Belushi and Aykroyd, and in the end, oh. they, in the end, they didn't do it. And I wish it, it would have been a smash. It'd been so hip had they done it. But uh, Belushi was kind of at that point. He was starting to do weird stuff anyway. Yeah, he would have been good for us though. Yeah. So I, 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 and I would have loved to work with him. He had such a beautiful heart. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love Belushi. And I like Danny Aykroyd. I've done all, uh, three good movies with Danny Aykroyd. Uh, Spies Like Us, right after Splash, which was a, a success. I did My Girl, which he, he got paid a lot of money. <laughs> and by the way, everyone who's under 15, after yeah. they're born, yeah. before the age of like 15, sees My Girl. It's in that rotation. Yeah, my daughter's probably saw it 50 times. And, Girls love it. And you're the, you're the guy who killed Macaulay Culkin. Oh, I know. Let me you did that. That was the bees. most controversial God. move in the history of movies, you I think. You're like a cinephile. You know all the details Dude, of all this, this stuff. They all make fun of me. <laughs> See Tony over there? Tony can't believe my memory. Yeah. He's like, Amazing. I'm a freak. Um, well, yeah, I'm a huge girl. fan of yours, by the well, way. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. I'm glad yeah. we did this. We might have to do it again. That'd be great. Maybe with Ron Howard. Totally. Would he do it? He, of course he'd do it. Could we talk about like partnership and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, we could talk about partnership. He would love Ron, that. We could, Ron Howard and I could talk, and we could uh, banter about why, why the partnerships work so well. First of all, we never argue. That's We've amazing. We've never in 30 years raised our voice and had an argument. We, he does, he's very, does, he's super respectful, so therefore I have to be super respectful. So I'm, my nature would be to talk and be relatively demonstrative. His nature is to keep it all between the lines. And I do, we do it together, and it works really well. I think he's respect also, is huge. When everyone talks about our child actors, they go off the deep end. Yeah. He's the most successful child actor. He did yeah. not go off the deep end. He didn't go off the deep end. He's he never every, became a porn star. Right. He never did anything bad. For every ten screeches, there's Ron Howard. Yeah, exactly. Um, the book is called A Curious Mind. And it comes out on April 7th, but you can pre-order it on Amazon. And all those pre-orders go to the bestseller list, so that's yeah, good for I'm you. Hoping, yeah. yeah, that'll be good. Thanks for doing this, finally. Awesome, it. thank yeah, you. it was fun. It's been great. Uh, 
South by Southwest, check out all the other interviews that we did, and uh, we'll be back. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.